This is Thursday the 24th of February 2022 and I'm very fortunate to have with me tonight Sammy Samuels who lives in Yangon and whose family, as his name implies, is Jewish and he's been very much part of the Jewish scene as his father and grandfather have been in the country. So to start, Sammy, just tell us a little bit about your own life and what you've been doing. Thank you very much, Peter, for having me here today. And um, my name is Sammy Samuel. So I'm born and grew up in, in Rangoon, Burma, and I went to school here. And after that, I went to Israel for study. And when I came back that time, as you probably know, the university in Burma were closed for quite a long time because of the uh, what happened in 1988. So then I was planning to study in the United States. I was accepted. And so I was in the U.S. for almost uh, 12 years. So after I study, after I finished it, my study, then I, I was working for the American Jewish Congress for quite a while. Then in 2015, around 2014, then I came back um, hoping to, you know, rebuild uh, business and then also connection in Burma. So since then, I've been living most of my time here in Rangoon, uh, but back and forth to uh, to U.S. as well. And I, I note that um, your dad must have passed away not long after you got back from the U.S. Is that right? Yes. So he's also the reason that that I came back here. So I was I was living there for quite a long time, but my father passed away in 2015. So it really put me in the position to be back to Rangoon and then also to take care of the community. And also that time, you know, things were changing and the country was uh, really moving forward that time. And so I thought that would be a great opportunity as well for the, to, to, you know, the built family. And then so he is the reason after he passed away that uh, it made me to come back to Burma. Right. And as I started at the very beginning, I mean, your family is almost synonymous with uh, the Jewish presence in Myanmar or in Burma. So perhaps you can take us back, Sammy, to when the first Jews came to Myanmar and the development since then. Thank you. Yeah. So right now, the Jewish community in, in Myanmar, it's a very, very small community, only only very handful of people here. But we have a very beautiful synagogue right in a downtown 26th Street. Uh, three-story building. So by looking at that, you could see that it used to be a very, very big community. We used to have about 3,000 Jews living mainly in Rangoon. And it's all started in, in mid-19th century. Uh, Gabriel Solomon, he came to Burma. And that time it was uh, King Alampia. And, uh, and by looking at the history, that he was working for the king for some of the um, matter. So then he came to Rangoon, and after that, uh, more and more Jews from Iraq came via India because that time they were doing a trading from Burma to India and India to Middle East. They were exporting rice, teakwood, um, you know, the things that uh, have in, in Burma to through India and to, to uh, from there to Middle East. So business grew and more and more came. So before the mid 19th century, we had about uh, 3,000 Jews and we had the kosher restaurant in Rangoon we have a Jewish cemetery and interestingly you know there's some name we have a, a street name called Judah Isigal Street 
in in downtown Rangoon. It now it's called Tainpu Street, but used to call Judaizical Street. So it was named after the um, after the famous Jew, and uh, he was living in that street. He donated uh, even endowment after he passed away for that street for the municipal. So uh, that street was named after him, and we had the Jewish mayor uh, in 1905. So you can imagine it was a, it was a wonderful community. And it's a very vibrant. They get along together with all other community. So, but then in 1942, when the Japanese came, there was a little bit of issue. It was not about a religious issue or anything like that, but it was more on the political issue because the Jews were very close to the uh, British. So the Japanese thought that Jews were spying for the British. So they came and they closed down the synagogue and they searched around and they closed down for synagogue for two months. And the Jewish community started fearing. And so many Jews started leave the country uh, from, from Burma to India and to, to uh, four other countries, US, UK, Australia, and the um, Israel as well. So, but then some came back after, the, um, after Burma got independent in 48, but the life they have under British and the, after the independence was quite, quite different. But some stick around. In around 48 to 60, there were about, I would say, based on the history, it's about 900 Jews still living in that time from the 48 to um, 60. Then again, in, as we all know, in the 62, when the government nationalized all businesses, then they thought there's no chance, there's no hope for the country. And then that time, many left. And slowly, slowly now, what we have currently, it's a very, very small very handful of the community here in, in Myanmar. And do you know anything about um, your grandfather, Isaac Samuel? Isaac Samuels? Yes. Yes. So my great-grandfather was the one that came in, in around in, in, in early century. And then after that, my grandfather also came. My grandfather was born in Baghdad, Iraq. And then... Um, and that time, you know, there was a big Jewish community. So he was the part of the community. And then in, uh, in around 60, uh, he was also the head of the community as a trustee of the uh, synagogue. And then so he's been taking care for quite a long time. Then in, in, uh, in 78, uh, he passed away and then Hanover to my father has been taking care for over 40 years. And what business did your father do to survive? So that time, my father was doing a rental shop. So in in eighties, so we had the rental. It's oh, in these days we would call it like a party rental. So we they they have um, furniture, glassware, you know, all kinds of party stuff. So in in there there used to be very few hotels, and you know, in in eighties and early nineties. So people do events outside. So they rent. You know the furniture, oh. glassware from our places. So for weddings and doing, things like that. Exactly, exactly. So that been doing quite well. You know, till all these a lot of changes happening in the country with all these hotels are coming up. So that's for over over forty, fifty years that he over, almost over thirty years that he's been doing that. But that business has not continued. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. The time change. And explain about what you've done, because I think that's very interesting and hopefully a number of people, number of Jewish people who listen from Israel and elsewhere might be interested. 
Yeah, so I mean, the Jewish community in in Myanmar is a very very small community. So, you know, even uh, instead of just complaining the smallestness, we trying to do what we could do. And I'll give you the example. Uh, for example, when I was young, my father and I uh, go around to this some small hotel in in Rangoon, and we post a poster. Say it, it's it it was about before the Passover holiday. So we post we post a poster in those small hotels where tourists and some Israeli might stay. So the poster stay a tree maybe alone in the field, a man alone in the wall, but the Jews never alone on his holiday. Join us for the seder. Seder is the Passover, you know, the meals. So even non-Jew, non-Jew, the tourists saw that sign and they came to us. They knock on the door and say. We are not Jewish, but we saw your sign at our hotel. Can we join you for the Passover? So that's how difficult, you know, that we had that time. So even though it's a small community, so we're trying to uh, do what we could do. And um, so I was living, as I mentioned, uh, uh, most of the time. In two, I, I share the one story. In uh, in twenty eleven, I came back here to to Burma for the uh, for my. Um, Winter, winter vacation, and I told my father, Dad, let's do the uh, Hanukkah, you know, the Hanukkah uh, lighting festival. Let's do the Hanukkah festival and invite people, and we would do at the hotel. And he looked at me, he said, Sammy, are you crazy? Who will come for the uh, Hanukkah event? You know, we have a very small, tiny Jewish community and Hanukkah event, who would know about that and who would come? So I said, I told my dad, let's do it. Let's try to invite the people from the diplomatic community, friends of the community, and maybe some government official. And amazingly, we have 150 people show up. Uh, even the Minister of Religious Affairs light the candle. We have the uh, diplomatic community. And since then, we have been trying to do the Hanukkah every year in, in different places. So... Um, one example that I would give is, you know, even though it's a small community, it's what well, we, we're trying to do what we could do. And and your business that you've developed and which was going well until, of course, the events of last year, what, what did you right. do? So in 2006, I started the, um, I started a travel agency called Shalom Travel. Um, and it was the reason also because a lot of people, a lot of tourists coming to the synagogue and they asking to my father, where should I eat? Where should I stay? Where should I do? And he's been helping a lot of other, you know, the tourists. And he had a great connection with the, um, with the, all the great tour guides in Myanmar. So then I got an idea in 2000. So why don't we do the uh, travel agency so we can officially help them and make a living as well. So at that time, you know, in 2006, it's very difficult for Myanmar. Not many people want to come and visit. But then we started it. So we started it very small. It's, it's only two people. My, I was living in, the, um, in, in the New York, and my sister and one staff was helping in Rangoon. So slowly, slowly, we started. And then in 2007, we had the Zafran Revolution. So it's up and down, up and down. But then in 2012, 2000. Um, uh, uh, 12, then everything started changing. It's, it was a booming that the, 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 uh, the political changes because of that. And then many are flowing tourists wanted to come. So from the uh, two people company 
in that time till 2011, it started changing. We slowly have more and more, and we have about 40 people working for us that time in 2012. And the tourism was booming uh, till recently, as we all know, the COVID hit in 2020. And so hopefully we are waiting and we are positive hope that the tourism will come back uh, after the, you know, the, and, uh, the situation. And where do a lot of the tourists, are they Jewish tourists or are they just general tourists? General tourists, uh, general tourists. But our main market is the uh, U.S., and the uh, Europe, European country, that's a main market. Also, we do uh, some other Asian country and uh, as well. So majorities are the American, but not particularly Jewish. But I would say about uh, 40% it's uh, because by looking at the name uh, Shalom Travel, so they, they contact <laughs> us and uh, through, the, uh, through, the, um, through other friends and recommendations as well. So you've had some famous Israeli Jewish figures visit the synagogue, right? You've had Moshe Dayan. Right, right. Uh, we had uh, Moshe Dayan. I mean, as, uh, uh, Burma and Israel also used to be a great relationship because Burma was the first country ever uh, to recognize Israel at the UN. And after, and not many people know, after Israel got independent, um, it was not the big country that visited, you know, the... Uh, the uh, the Burmese Prime Minister, UNU, was the first ever Prime Minister to visit Israel after Israel got independent. It was not United States, UK, or any other big country. It was UNU. So that's why many Israeli people, um, you know, love it because uh, after, the, after the, uh, Israel got independent, it was him. And not only that, the Ben-Gurion, David Ben-Gurion, make a historical trip to Burma because... He made the long, he stayed the, during his uh, prime minister. He, he came to Burma and it was a, his longest trip ever in the history. He stayed 16 days in Rangoon. Wow. And that was his longest trip. And he got a great connection with the prime minister, Unu. So professionally and personally. So Unu requests him to do um, meditation. And not many people know. So Ben-Gurion did the meditation at the Mahasi for three days together with Unu. Unu asked for a longer and then, and then David Ben-Gurion said, I'm a prime minister, a lot of work, so I'll do three days. So they did together three days at the Mahasi Center in Rangoon. So this really showed the, um, you know, the two-country relationship and the connection. It was a wonderful time. Sammy, you know that I actually became a monk at Mahasi. I was ordained there. Oh, okay. So I know Very Mahasi well. Very interesting. Yes, Mahasi. So you say now, it's is it really less than a dozen uh, Jewish yes. people really living yes. in? Yes, but we have also, but we have also the uh, expat community. Yeah. Uh, since two, 2012, the expat community has been growing uh, quite, I mean, growing around, you know, 60, 70, uh, sometime to till 100. But then the political situation and the COVID situation have made uh, them to leave the country. Right. So it's been, it's been reduced now. So since it's so small, tell me, how do you keep the synagogue going? Who owns it and how is it maintained? So to, as the community is small, then uh, the, all these expenses are supported by the uh, Shalom Travel, the, the uh, travel agency. So we... There are so many, you know, the agency, 
Jewish agency in the United States and other country. And some, some of them also ask, do we need any funding and et cetera? And this is a very small community and the, uh, and the synagogue is well-maintained. So we didn't request for any funding. So it's all, it's as of now, it's coming from the uh, uh, travel agency. Plus, uh, people who visit the, the synagogue uh, make the contribution. So it's surviving through these two uh, travel agency and donations wow. from the visitors as well. Yeah, but that's not easy to do, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I right. hear we are trying. Yeah, trying. it's it's certainly uh, you know meant to be a very beautiful building. It is, and and also, uh, Peter, you be you be amazed because it's it rent number three on the Trip Advisor out of the 154 attraction in Rangoon. And the first one is obviously everybody know the Shudegon. Of course, in Shudegon. And second is the uh, Utan Museum, the museum of the Utan. Yeah. And the third is a synagogue. So it's, it's very interesting to see the Jewish temple. And the reason is because it's all, I would say, it's called credit go to my father. Because in any other country, even in Singapore or other country, if you want to visit the synagogue, you have a lot of security check through and ask questions. So in, in Rangoon, my father, any visitor who come, my father never asks a question. Are you Jewish? Or are you not Jewish? Why do you want to see? So he welcomed everyone uh, for years and he explained to them a brief history. So he said, he told me if they know, if they came here and they understand a little bit about the history, that's plus for us. So. Because of that, people came to visit and there is no obligation to make any, any contribution. So people come, the tourists come and visit and they write their review on the TripAdvisor. So based on that, it's been number three. That's amazing. And do you have a rabbi? We don't have the rabbi. We have visiting rabbi from uh, when, when we have a holiday. So we bring mainly from the U.S. From the U.S. And again, that's, US. And again there's no international Jewish trust or something like that you have to bear all those costs yes so it's only for the uh, high holiday that we bring uh, like like a jewish new year yeah uh, and the yom, yom kippur so that's also the that's um, a trip was covered from us from the right. agency as well so what do you normally do on the sabbath what do you do with the synagogue so shabbat, shabbat is usually it's because of this small community i mean when the tourists when the without the covid without this political situation where the synagogue is always open on friday so you know sometimes tourists come and we light a candle and we pray so mainly is now for the high holiday is the one that we usually get together and and one of the highlights is as i mentioned uh, every year that's became a symbol of the Jewish community. It's a Hanukkah, and and that, that before the COVID, we had the wonderful Hanukkah event with 250 people at the synagogue. So every year we change the place. One year at the synagogue, one year at this hotel, that hotel. So last year, last in 2019, 2019, we did at the synagogue. It was 250 people show up. Uh, it was a wonderful event. And has there been much intermarriage, or have people? Have the Jewish people tended to marry Jewish people? Yeah, the community is so small, so there is, there is. And then majorities, I mean, the community are left uh, to U.S. And then, and when I say, even though it's a community, it's very small here. But when, when I talk about community, I talk as a whole, as a diaspora community, because we have about 
uh, 3,000 or more um, people that we have connection, mainly in the U.S. And some also, uh, we have a family member in, in, in the Australia and then also in the, um, in the U.K. as well. So this is like a broader one. Uh, and there is a synagogue in U.S. A majority of the Jews are where came from Burma. Right. In there. So, so these are people who once lived in uh, Rangoon? Once lived in, in Rangoon, and then, and then they moved uh, to the, uh, I mentioned four different countries, uh, U.S., Israel, uh, Australia, and then and UK. has there been any discrimination against being Jewish in Myanmar? Well, not at all. Not at all. We live basically side by side with all all the uh, all the community, and uh, there has never been any issue uh, whatsoever. Whatever happened in other country, you know, the outside uh, doesn't really affect. And my father told me once, only that happened is in in long time ago in '67. You know, when the um, the war happened in Israel. That's the only one that. We have uh, some demonstration outside the synagogue. Since then, that's not at all. Um, and, and then also the Burmese people, uh, they love Israel. They, all, you know, the Burmese people love Israel. Right. But one thing we were talking uh, just before we started formally the interview, in, in many countries, there's a requirement for people to adopt the national language in their names. And I think you're saying that's similar in Myanmar, is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. And uh, so, I when I grew up, I went to the, uh, the public school here in in, Yang, in in Yangon. So we have to have on the ID and everything. We have to have a Burmese name. So even that, when we were growing up, it was not allowed to have like a Michael or David or something. You know. So so I have my Burmese name. So I was known by Sammy from many. But my my school my my school's name and my official name is called Aung So Luin. Aung So Luin. That's my Aung So Luin. That's my Burmese name on the on on the ID and in passport as well. Right. And what do you see the the future now for you in terms of staying there? Do you you're committed? You've just opened a restaurant, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it was. It's the. Um, Mediterranean restaurants, so Israeli, Lebanese, you know, all these kind of Middle East and Mediterranean food. We don't have it in, in Rangoon, so um, it's been going well. And what have you noticed in terms of, you mentioned expats leaving and so on. Is there still a, you know, a solid number of expats living in Rangoon or in Yangon at the moment? Uh, many have left. Uh, I would say many that we know, and many expect and repack also people who came back. Yes. Uh, there are some of my friends, you know, it's also very, very important. Besides expect, there's a repack. Yes. It's, uh, some of my friends, we came together in 2015 and, and we came with the, with, with the high hope that we would try to change um, in, in the business system and then uh, making a better one. And we did, we did. We had a great five years and um, a lot of, you know, the good things happened. But now, even within my friend networking, many have left. They went back to US, they went back to Singapore, they went back to UK and other countries as well. So 
it's been a very difficult. So what we are trying to do, it's also wait and see time. Because uh, in 2020 will be the wait and see time. So uh, 2023 will be uh, critical because if there is not much changes by the time of the 2023, uh, it would be difficult for 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 the for the country and for for each families as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Sammy, look, thank you so much for your time. I think it's been very important to hear about the presence of the Jews in in uh, Myanmar, and it's they've certainly made a, a mark in the country. And let's hope you can continue on the tradition that your grandfather and father did in maintaining the the synagogue and I wish you all the best with Shalom Travel and that 2023 does have some green shoots for you. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Thank you.